1: Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of bearreport.com. Here again today with Bears insider Aaron Lemming talking about a one-in-one Chicago Bears preseason football team. How you doing?
2: Oh, man. It is good to have some football back, even if it's preseason. I don't know about you, but at least for me on a, stand, a fan standpoint, this has actually been a really exciting preseason so far. So I'm yeah. enjoying it.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's the, the sentiment that I've gotten from a lot of bears fans and, and myself personally, I've, I've enjoyed it as well. And, you know, it makes what would normally be, you know, uh, second halves that mean nothing. Uh, you know, everybody's just waiting for the second half to see what the rookie kid's going to do. And, you know, we might as well just go right into it and start talking about the quarterback position and what we've seen out of Mitch Trubisky here through the first two weeks. Uh, you know, you saw him up close i i i i obviously saw him up close did you expect him to come out and really dominate in the fashion that he did uh not only the first week but really last week six for eight as well i think his uh his passer rating and i'm just getting a quick look here was uh, 135 last week so did you expect that
2: you know in the famous words of uh conor mcgregor i'm not surprised uh I think to a certain extent, uh, you know, it was it was a little bit more than I expected, just because he was so good in that first game. But no, I, I think he's going to be one of those those players that we see that he's just going to be better in in game situations. And it seems like the bigger the moment, the better he is. I know a lot of people knocked him on the game uh, in Stanford in the bowl game last year, but I think. When people are looking to be critical, they can find anything to nitpick, and I think that's really what that game was about. I mean, it wasn't one of his best games, but at the same time, he still played pretty well, and I think that's kind of what we saw go on, especially the first the first week. I mean, it, it's almost a night and day difference, which I guess is concerning or uh, you know uh, positive, depending on how you look at the situation, especially for this year the night and day difference between Trubisky coming in and running the offense and how lively things were versus how Glennon was. But I I think Trubisky's biggest thing is, I mean, he's accurate. I mean, he's an accurate quarterback. That's just really how he's always been. That's been one of his best best things because he doesn't have a huge cannon. He's got a good arm, but he doesn't have, you know, the Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers type arm, Uh, but he's able to compensate in a lot of different ways. And a lot of that happens to be with his accuracy, with his ball placement, with his athleticism that we saw uh, so overall, I I'm very impressed. Uh, my biggest thing is, you know, it, and this is something that you know it's kind of a cautionary tale when we look at preseason is he's going against twos and threes. So with that being said, he can control that. He can only do what he can do. But I think it's time that we see him at least with the twos, if not the ones. I I really think the Bears are doing themselves a disservice, especially with his development. Even if he even if they don't plan on starting him at all this year to not have him out there against the first team, at least for a little bit on Sunday. That's just my personal take. And maybe it's because I want to see Trubisky, but I just think it's a, I think it's a good idea.
1: Yeah. And I think uh, the bears are actually have to be considering it at this point. um, Just based on the way that Trubisky has played in comparison to Mike Lennon, and uh you know Lennon's first i think it was his first or second pass was a, a pick six in that in that uh preseason opener and, and and things didn't get any better he ended that first preseason game with a zero passer rating and again uh uh Trubisky had the 103 passer rating 18 for 25 166 yards one TD uh no interceptions to uh, Lennon again this past week came out through another interception uh, looked shaky again in the first half, eventually was able to drive the team down for a touchdown, but I, that, that was at, on a drive where he probably should have had uh, one of his passes intercepted through it right to the defense again. So Glennon has looked very shaky uh, through these first two games, and now, you, like you mentioned, now you're in a situation uh, with, the, with, the, the, with John Fox uh, on the hot seat thinking that, hey, Mike Glennon might not be my best possibility. Let me take a look at what Trubisky's going to do with this first team give him some first team reps get him behind that first team offensive line throw him to those first team receivers and and see what he can do and and if he comes out there and he, and he proves that that that's not too big of a stage for him and he and he's able to produce at that level then you start really considering him as a potential starter going into the season if he comes out and then struggles and looks like Mike Lennon has with the first team, then you say, okay, he's obviously you know good enough to beat up on second and third teamers, but he still has a ways to go. But I, you know, I don't know. I think if he does get put in that situation, and I do think that there's a real good possibility that they will do that in this third game, I have a feeling that... He will, uh, you know, step into that role in the same way that he did the last couple of weeks. And I think what impressed me the most, and the, and like you said, you weren't really surprised about it because we've seen the arm, we've seen the accuracy, we've seen the mobility. I mean, you and I talked a lot. I think after that first, uh, uh, the first pod, last podcast we did in, in, at training camp, just about his ability to throw on the run, and I wrote about it a bunch and uh, everybody saw it that first game and, and his ability to get outside of the pocket really move well and really throw strikes th- throw bullets while he's on the run so we we, we saw all, all of that what impressed me the most was the, they put him in a high pressure situation they put him two minute situation end of the half just inside the 50 yard line and it didn't phase him as, phase him at all again second team offense he was playing with but drove him right down and scored a touchdown It just really looked like a starting quarterback looked like uh, you know, again, we talking about it being against second and thirteen, but he was dominating against them, and that's what you want out of a guy who was the second overall pick, a guy who cost the Bears, uh, you know, some draft picks to get, and overall cost them a bit. So you know, they invested a lot in him, and he came out and right away showed. Uh, that he you know he's at least good enough to beat up on second and third team and I think that's a great sign going forward now if he does come out and and struggle a little bit about uh, if he does get those first team reps say in this game and he struggles a bit what what do you do, do you, and say Glennon struggles where do you put him at what's your situation going into that final week
2: I know this isn't going to be a very popular uh, opinion, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because it's just something that's kind of been on my mind lately. And okay, here's the thing: if if Glennon continues to struggle, and let's just say Trubisky's not ready, that's fine. Okay, so don't put Trubisky out there, don't rush his development. If he's not ready, he's not ready. But the one thing that I will say is, if Mike Glennon is really this bad, then maybe it's time that they give uh, they give a uh, Mark Sanchez a shot. I, I know that's not very popular. Everybody you know refers to him as a butt fumble, but. Honestly in the little bit that we see Mark Sanchez he seems to be more confident he seems to have more control of the offense and he seems to be able to make throws which is something that I just don't see that that's the issue that I have with Glenn right now is the fact that he's so he's so slow within his delivery with everything that he does he's I mean he's staring down guys he's doing all sorts of different things that you do not want to see from any quarterback, much less your starting quarterback. And I think ultimately what this is going to come down to is the fact that he's making $18.5 million guaranteed. They've already signed him. They've already made the commitment. But the question that I have is, I mean, is this the situation, let's just say that they they didn't sign Glennon, but they somehow – uh, were able to, you know, they just kept Brian Hoyer. I mean, would we be having the same conversation right now if Brian Hoyer was putting up these numbers? It, it's kind of, it, it's kind of getting to a point for me, at least on a fan standpoint, where you have to wonder: Is John Fox just being stubborn? Is Ryan Pace giving him some sort of directive? I, I, I can't imagine that that the the you know that that's the case with Ryan Pace. But I mean, at this point, you've seen what Glennon is. You've seen him through the first two preseason games. I get it's only preseason. But like you just mentioned not too long ago, this is a this is a make or break season for John Fox. His job is online. There's really no other way around it. And if you really want to put your best foot forward, then you should be starting your best players. And I'm not saying that Mitch Trubisky is the best quarterback on the roster right this five seconds. He looks like it, but the only way that we're gonna know is if he has first team reps. But to rob him of even that opportunity at this point, I think, like I said, I think it's just a complete disservice to everything that the Bears are working towards. I know a lot of people want to see him maybe tank another season. I don't think they should tank any more seasons. I think they should start developing a winning culture uh, between these two preseason games and the the few days that I was at camp What I saw, this is a much improved team over the last few years. And I'm not saying that they're going to be a playoff team if Trubisky somehow steps in and they get good quarterback play. But I do think this is a team that could be competitive and can win seven or eight games and have a really positive step moving into 2018. And it may be enough to save John Fox's job But I think a lot of that is going to depend on how they deal with this quarterback situation. And quite frankly, I don't think they're off to a good start.
1: Well, I I think there's two ways to look at this. And you make a a few good points about getting him those reps and getting him out there and and, and almost being a disservice to not do that. I, I, I agree with that to an extent. Uh, I guess the one way that I would look at it is you, maybe you need to see a little bit more out of Mike Lennon than you do out of Mitch Trubisky. At this point, you know what Trubisky can do against second and third team uh, defenses. You have to assume that that mobility, that that arm strength, all of his talent is going to translate over to the first team at least to some level uh, his rookie season. I think you, you actually, there's more question marks right now about Mike Lennon than there are about Mitch Trubisky. So uh, what is uh, to, historically referred to as a dress rehearsal this third preseason game there might be a, a, a desire from fox to at least you know let glenn play out that uh, two plus quarters that the, the first-team offense typically gets and just say, hey, we know what we have in the kid. And he'll probably get, you know, Trubisky will probably come out and play that in almost the entire fourth preseason game, and he'll probably light it up, and he'll get those reps. And, you know, he'll, we know what we have in him, basically. And, I, I you know, I think there, there's some development there. But I don't think there's a whole lot of question marks about Trubisky at this point. I think there's a lot more about Mike Glennon. I think that makes me believe that even though everybody wants Trubisky to get those first-team reps this week, and it might do him good uh, to get out there. And I, I do think they might they might put them out there for a series. I, I, but it wouldn't surprise me if they they need to make a, a much more. Uh, important decision, at least for two thousand and seventeen, about what they have in Mike Lennon. Because if Mike Lennon goes out and plays for three three full quarters, hey guy, here here's your opportunity. You're gonna be able to do a first team offense, first team running back, first team offensive line, receivers. Let's see what you can do for three quarters against this Tennessee Titans defense. And if he sucks the entire time, then you know, I think it's pretty obvious that you're you're gonna go with Trubisky. And I don't think that uh, you know, giving Trubisky one one uh, series with the first team is is gonna uh, change change it one way or the other. I I, I still think you trying to know what you have in the kid, and you want to. See, I, I personally, I want to see a little bit of more out of Mike Glennon. I think ideally, the situation still should be for for Trubisky to sit for a while before you start him. I don't want him going out there that first week uh, month of the year. Five weeks of the year, which are just brutal. I think that that's that should be Glennon's time. But we're facing a situation where Mike Glennon has been so horrible that it might come to that. And I like your idea about putting Sanchez out there. I, I and 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 I was talking to to Jarrett Payton on, on recently on television about this, and and he he mentioned it too. I mean. Yeah, you're paying the, Mike Lennon a lot of money, but if he's not your best option, and like you pointed out, Sanchez hasn't looked horrible. And he didn't look horrible in training camp either. And I'm not saying Sanchez is great. He's not leading anybody to a playoff victory here, but it, he's at least competent player who's done something in the past and had some success in the past, something that you know even Mike Lennon can't really say. So I, I like that idea, and I think that if things start to unravel early, I think there's a very good chance that we're going to see Sanchez, and I don't say I don't think things are going to get any better under him, uh, but that at least uh, you know delays having to put Trubisky out there and, and keep him out of there for that first five week stretch.
2: Yeah, and I think it's they have such a it's an interesting dynamic with the quarterback situation, and I think it's something that I mean I'm sure anybody who follows my Twitter timeline knows that that's pretty much what I've been talking about for the last. <laughs> since you know everything started and I it's just tough because you look at the situation the thing I keep asking myself is what has Mike Glennon done to earn the starting role outside of making that eighteen and a half million dollars what has he honestly done and I, I mean can you answer that because I can't
1: uh, yeah um I, I was think writing down some notes as, as you were discussing it last time and I was just thinking about and I think you mentioned it if his first reads not there he's not going anywhere it's first read or nothing with mike lennon and that's what's one of the most disturbing things about him is he's not able to work through his progressions and also what was supposed to be his uh strength his deep ball has been garbage i mean every once in a while he completes it but uh you know his deep ball is inconsistent at best he can't move uh yeah yeah, I don't really, I mean, I was, I've been saying this since OTAs, I didn't like him then, and, I, and and right now we're seeing it, so no, I, I don't have an answer for you there.
2: Well, Matt kind of brings up the next question, and it's kind of the, you know, what we're talking about before with Mark Sanchez is... You have a guy Mark Sanchez, you know who he is. And that's why I'm not really a huge fan of him getting training camp reps unless he's going to possibly be the starter moving in the season. I think a lot of things, I think more would have to happen for Sanchez to go in as a starter week one than Trubisky. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, you look at the offense, and at least from what I've gathered, what they're trying to do with Mike Lennon is he's pretty much a game manager. Like, hey, we're going to take deep shots on occasion, but ultimately we just need you to complete the short intermediate routes and protect the football. Well, the biggest problem with that is one, he's not completing his passes, and when he is, his accuracy and overall ball placement has been absolutely awful. He's robbed his receivers of multiple, uh, you know, yards uh, almost on every single throw because he's either behind, he's low, he's whatever it may be. And the second thing is he's not taking care of the ball. Uh, you know, I, and we can we can talk all day about you know the would be interceptions. I mean, Trubisky had one that really should have been picked as well. Uh, but when you look at the what the first team offense has done, I mean, it's almost impossible to evaluate the receivers right now because you have really just a circus going on back behind center right now with the quarterback situation. Uh, but you look at how things are progressing here, and you look at what Mike Glennon's doing, and he's throwing an interception in both games. I mean, the the Matthew picks or the interception could have been a pick six. I mean, that's on the seven yard line. He made a four yard throw. The ball traveled four yards through the air. He stared down Kendall right the whole entire time, and Matthew picked it off like it was nothing. Then he had another throw where he rolled out. He looked about like I look running, which is not impressive. Uh, and he throws across his body into triple coverage, and the ball should have been picked there. And then we talk about the, the touchdown drive. Everybody's making a big deal. you know, he had a touchdown drive. Well, to a certain extent, cool. That's fine. But at the same time, people have to understand. Eddie Jackson took them to the Arizona 45-yard line. Mike Glennon had 45 yards to get a touchdown, and he still almost threw another interception, and it wasn't really because of a bad uh, really a bad decision, more because it was bad ball placement. You look at the throw they had to Cameron Meredith down on the goal line that got batted up in the air, and he threw a back shoulder uh, throw on something that he should have thrown in front of him where he could only catch it, and that's the thing. It, you can go back and you look at all of Mike Glennon's throws, and you can just pick apart almost every single one of them. I think he had... Out of the 13, he was 13 for 18, and out of the 13 completions that I saw, I think there was three or four that were actually good throws. The rest of them were, and those were all short throws. Uh, you know, you look at the slant that he completed to Meredith, uh, which was one of his biggest gains, and that wasn't very good. Uh, the, on the final drive, he had a good good throw that he actually hit Meredith in stride, but you look at a lot of his throws, and they were either behind the line of scrimmage, they were two or three yards off the line of scrimmage, or he wasn't really doing anything. And that's just. But the problem is, is he telegraphs everything, and he's he's just slow. So, at a certain point, I think the Bears are going to have to realize, okay, if Trubisky's not ready, let's say he comes out, he gets a little bit of first-team snaps, and you say, okay, the guy's not ready. I get that. And I 100% support that. But I think at some point in time, you've got to be able to look at it and say, okay. Mike Glennon may be getting $18.5 million uh, this year, and he's going to be getting a little bit next. But at the same time, I mean, if he's not giving them the best chance to win a f- football game and Trubisky's not ready, then Mark Sanchez probably needs to be the guy to do it because he can go in, he can manage a game, he can hand the ball off 20, 25 times, he can throw the ball 20 times, and he's not going to make dumb throws. He can make every throw there is. But if you keep it almost like a Brian Hoyer last year, I mean, the Bears had a pretty good offense with Brian Hoyer under center, uh, you know, obviously the 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 vertical game really wasn't there, but if that's what the Bears need to do, that's what they need to do, and I just think they it's going to get to a, a point with a decision to where something is going to have to happen.
1: And I think that's probably going to come a couple weeks into the season, especially if it if it continues down this path with Mike Glennon. I agree, and it, it, I think it would probably be Sanchez before it would be Trubisky. Uh, but I don't. I, even if he, even if Lennon comes out and plays horribly in this third preseason game, I just think that they're so averse to to putting Trubisky out there. I don't think it would end up being a Carson Wentz situation like it was last year in Philadelphia. I, I just don't see that happening. And the, just the pay disparity between whether it's San, you know, Sanchez is a better option or not. I just think the pay disparity at least allows Mike Lennon one, two, three starts. And I, I you know that. Uh, it's probably going to put him in an O two O and three hole. I, I, I get that, uh, but uh, you know it's a tough stretch to start anyway. So the, I don't know if either of the other guys is going to would do much better in that scenario. So I, I think if if anyone's going to come out there and take their lumps, it's going to be the guy they're paying fourteen and a half million dollars to do just that. I mean, he's he's earned that time in the pocket. Uh, to to get beat up a little bit, and if you, you know if uh, the Bears are going to lose games, let it be on Mike Lennon's shoulders, and not uh, you know rookies, and uh, you know let at least let Trubisky sit. But yeah, I, I don't have faith in Glennon either. I think anything everything that you said was correct. I, I, I've I've again I've I've seen this for months now, and uh, if something changes anytime soon I'd be very surprised now here's a question for you if he comes out and looks good like legitimately good like hey you know we're talking next week like whoa, well, maybe it just he just needed a couple you know extra couple weeks or it took him a while to get the offense under his belt and he looks legitimately good how much better are you going to feel about him going into week one
2: I'd feel a lot better I think really what this comes down to is I think most Bears fans, including myself, had a mindset going into the season of, OK, Glennon's going to start for X amount of weeks, if not the whole entire year, which I still think is unrealistic. I mean, we've talked about it. I think Trubisky will start at some point. But I think with a good outing and some hope, I guess you could say, with, with Glennon this coming week or there on Sunday, more of the point, I think that kind of puts them back on track with their timeline, and I, I think that would probably be the best for everybody involved, unless you know somehow Trubisky does something crazy or there's an injury, and Trubisky steps in and starts, which I still don't think is very likely. I agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it is in the Bears' best interest for Glennon to come out, have a good week. There'll be little questions moving into Week One, and I, I think this is a, I guess you could say, a decent. Uh, segue into something that I wanted to say, and it's still about the quarterback, still about the offense. But the one thing that I've been very impressed with, and, and uh, you know, I guess we can get on to maybe a little bit more positive of a topic, is Ben Dowell Loggins. I, I really think, you know, watching what he's done with Glennon, and then you, I mean, not to say that that's really much because Glennon's played so badly, but. I think when you look at the difference between the offense that they're running with Glennon in there and then you look at the offense that they're running with Trubisky, I've been very impressed. And I've been one of Dow Longin's biggest, uh, you know, biggest critics. I, I really didn't think he was cut out for the job, but you, you look at the differences of what they're able to do uh, and what he's able to do, especially with somebody like Trubisky. And it gives me a lot of hope, let's just say that somehow they have a decent season and they keep this entire coaching staff around, that Dow Loggins is going to be somebody who can develop Mitch Trubisky properly and Trubisky can actually have some success. I mean, I really think the offense looks good uh, with Trubisky in there and I think it opens up a lot of avenues. I don't know, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing with Loggins, and that was the biggest thing last year, and it will be going forward, is just making sure that he commits to the running game. I mean, no matter what no matter how who who's under center and who uh who ends up being the starter your best player, your biggest weapon is Jordan Howard, and that includes in the red zone. That includes within the five yard line. And you know, you had a lot of situations with Loggins last year where first you had first and goal from the four yard line, and he called three straight passes, and they, they ended up kicking a field goal. I think those are the, the the situation. And like you said, you're you're a critic of his too. I'm I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but I think he needs to remember those things because I, I I think the Bears moved the ball very well between the twenties last year with some. Uh, uh, subpar quarterbacks i mean matt barkley looked good for a while uh with dow loggins uh in the in that offense and and we we, we talked about how good brian Hoyer looked but they just weren't able to score points because you know loggins wasn't a great play caller inside the red zone so if he improves in that area absolutely and i think if you have a quarterback uh later on in the season with trubisky or going forward with trubisky I think yeah Loggins uh, sees it right now, and what was interesting after that first uh, preseason contest is we went back to practice, they went back down to bourbonnais for a couple of practices, and that that first practice, I swear every single pass, whether it was a first team or second team or whatever, was a was a uh, a bootleg rollout and it was almost like Loggins saw uh, during that game like how good. Trubisky is on the right. Not that he didn't know it before, but maybe that just kind of opened his eyes to you know the potential that Trubisky has on the run, and it was almost like he wanted to just make sure to, you know, to to get his minute to get every bootleg and naked bootleg and play action bootleg play that he had in the books, get it into practice and get it into the fold there. So I think uh, you know at least in that scenario he showed a little uh, some intelligence, a little bit of growth. So uh, it, yeah, I, I have faith in Loggins uh, between the twenties. Really, my issues are, are are his red zone ability, but I think there's enough talent there hopefully uh, as soon as they get the right quarterback under center and whoever that's going to be. But we should probably, it's probably time to move on from the quarterback. You think you talked about a couple other things sir?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that'd be, I think we pretty well cover the quarterback situation good and a lot less time than I thought we would. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I thought we were going to talk for a little while longer, but yeah, with uh, a big game here coming up with those two, uh, particularly for Mike Glennon to really give us a better idea. If Glennon stinks again, then I think that most hope is going to be lost. But, uh it, it'll be really interesting to see if they do give Trubisky those first team reps. So, one of the guys on offense, let's stick on the offensive side of the football. Jordan Howard did not play because he got his eye scratched. Uh and they gave Tariq Cohen the uh first team reps and just said, "Here, you're the you're the starter, not not in a uh uh uh, uh specialty role. Like, here you're the bell child. Let's do it." And I, he looked like he had no problem in that role. Only eleven carries, but seventy-seven yards. I averaged seven yards per carry, and uh, was breaking tackles, turning the corner, uh, really just looking like a starting NFL running back. And those were for the, it was with the first team. And uh, you know, I thought what he came out, and it was it was strange because we're talking about a five-six guy, and the first play of the game was a handoff. It went right up the middle offensive line, opened a big hole, and we'll talk about that group uh, in a little bit, but a big hole. He ran right up the middle and had a safety to deal with, and he took the safety head on, spun off, and and, uh, broke a tackle, got about three more yards. Stuff that you would think you know, a guy maybe uh, about four inches taller and about 30 pounds heavier would be able to do. I mean, it was an impressive display. I mean, we've talked about his burst and we've talked about, uh, you know, his open field ability, his change of direction ability. But I think what has impressed me the most and what impressed me the most about Crow in the last game is his between the tackles fearlessness and his ability to just shrug off arm tackles in the way of, uh, a, a running back much bigger would be able to do. And I think that. You know, you you, you talk about a, a, a small guy from a small school. How is all of that going to translate? And then you see him get first team reps. And again, we're only talking preseason, but he was with the first team and he looked legitimate. And now you start thinking about, well, not only do they have Jordan Howard, who's a legitimate bell cow back, but now we have Tariq Cohen who can try, may, might be able to do it all. How excited are you about the backfield going into the season?
2: I think uh, you know the the Bears' running game is going to be a big part of their success this year, especially in offense, if they have any. And I think a lot of that is obviously going to depend on Jordan Howard. I think Jordan Howard's a big guy. But having somebody like Shreek Cohen, uh, he's even surpassed my expectations. I mean, we, we talked about him a little bit pre-draft as somebody is a late-round guy. I thought... You know, even the fourth round seemed a little high for him. But, I mean, he's really proving to be somebody who can be maybe a full-time guy. Now, uh, I got a buddy of mine, uh, Emory Hunt, who's a big draft guy, and he has been touting uh, Cohen as somebody who can be, you know, a 1,500-yard rusher a year. I don't think he's going to ever be that just because of his size. And I, I think there's got to be legitimate concerns of, you know, durability after a while. But I do think... Let's just say Jordan Howard goes down. Let's just say they've got a, uh, you know, Kadim Carey and Benny Cunningham and him. I think that he can take 10 or 15 carries a game plus an extra, you know, 5 to 10 snaps a game for, you know, if he wants to, you know, catch the ball or whatever out of the backfield. And then you can still have a guy like Kadim Carey to get another, you know, 10 runs a game or something like that. I think that's something that he's capable of doing, but I think that, you know, as fun as it is to watch what he did uh, this last week, I think it would still be smart for the Bears, at least in the very beginning, until you get a better feel for how he's going to be durability-wise, uh, to kind of keep it to a minimum. And I'm not saying, you know you know, don't put him out there at all or put him out five snaps a game, but I do think that if he's getting, you know, 10 to 15 snaps on offense a game and, you know, kick returning, a punt returning, or whatever it may be, at least for the first little bit, I think that would be a smart idea. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I think that would be his best role right now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think that the, the situation that he was in in that second preseason game is in an ideal situation. You want Jordan Howard as your number one, but I think the fact that Cohen was able to handle that load and and average seven yards per carry on runs both inside and outside the tackles showing power uh we didn't really expect him to show power i think that gives hope that he can play in an in every down situation and there isn't you know there was the the talk when you know when the bears got him of well you know, when he's in the backfield, they know that he's not going to run because he's not going to run between the tackles. A lot of people complained about that, but I don't think that's the case now. I think that he sh- has shown that he can run between the tackles and that he's not just a specialty player. And then if you put him out there, he's going to be uh, a threat to go around the corner between the tackle. You know, up the gut as a receiver in the slot. I mean, you can really do everything with him. You can put him in two re- two back sets with Jordan Howard and, and really make him one of the focal parts of the. The offense. I think it would be stupid for Loggins to not do that, and I, and I think I believe he has every intention to do that. I mean, it didn't take Tariq Cohen more than a couple of days before he was getting the majority of first-team reps in training camp, and and that, that's pretty much carried over to these preseason games. So he's he's a major part of this offense, and I think if they if they lean on on those two drives uh, no matter who's under center, you, you're going to have an opportunity to move the ball and at least put some points on the board. It's probably not going to be Roberto Aguayo kicking those uh, field goals uh, <laughs> when it comes time to put the points on the board. Uh, that's going to be Connor Barth's job. That kick, that kicking competition didn't last very long, uh, but I, I do think that the with with those two guys in the backfield, Bears are gonna be all right on offense.
2: Yeah, I agree, man. That that, <laughs> that I I don't know if I've ever actually seen a kick like that before that was it was a rough uh, one yeah i don't think i've ever seen a kicker kick a curveball. i mean that was probably one of the best curveballs i've ever seen unfortunately it's coming from a kicker who's supposed to be making these field goals and he's not so yeah that was that was a little disappointing but at the same time you know we can just touch on kickers for a minute i will say i've been very critical of connor barth i'm not a big connor barth fan but it sounds like he has really answered the bell i everything i've Red, and maybe you can, uh, you know, kind of back this up, is that he hasn't missed a kick in, uh, in practice since, I think, what, Andy Phillips has been cut or whatever it may be, and, I mean, he's looked pretty good uh, so far, so maybe maybe he's here to stay. I mean, he's not very old. He's only 30 or 31 years old, so, I mean, kickers kick into the 40s sometimes, so he can still have a decently long career. And it would be nice to see him be consistent and that not be a worry for the Bears.
1: Yeah, if Barth is consistent inside of the 50, I think everybody would be happy with that. I think the biggest complaint that anybody has with him is that he just doesn't have a big leg. Uh, But I I felt that he he learned how to kick in Soldier Field last year, and I think that's going to benefit him uh, substantially going forward this year. I think some of the issues that he had early on in the year we're probably not going to see and you don't expect him to to, to be banging in 56 yarders but so I think he's shown and like you mentioned he's he's done it in practice as well that it, inside the 50 he's he's been pretty uh spot on so uh, that's if that's all you're getting out of your kicker then a lot of people are going to be happy with it so uh you know it, we, we we talked a lot about Phillips and Aguayo but uh it's Tanner Barth's job, and I think that uh, overall the Bears are in decent hands. You know, he's not he's not a Pro Bowler, but he should do all right for the Bears this year. I think on special teams, just right, real quick. Let's just talk about uh, Deontay Thompson and his 109-yard return in that uh, second preseason game on the on the short. Uh, uh, I believe it was a 63-yard field goal attempt that came up short, and Thompson broke a tackle at about the 10-yard line, and then that was it. He was up up uh, up the sidelines. And then just had to make one move on the on the uh, kicker, or I'm sorry, yeah, the kicker, and that was it. So <clears throat> I wonder, you know, Benny Cunningham had a decent return, but has in your mind? I mean, Deontay Thompson was the starting returner in in week one. They didn't give him any return reps in this last game. It was just Braverman and and Cunningham. But with what Thompson did on that return, and and you know what he's shown in the past. Is this still a competition? Are we still going into week three, you know, looking at Cunningham versus Thompson as the kick returner role?
2: I think so. I think really what it's going to come down to, and I think maybe the decision would have already been made if it not been for the fact that I think you look at the log logjammer receiver. I think that's the biggest thing right now because I think you can be flexible with running backs, whether that be three or four that they keep. Uh, So I I think keeping Cunningham isn't really a big deal. You know, if he's going to be your special teams guy, he's got good hands out of the backfield. But I think when you look at the receiver situation, it's a little bit different because if you're keeping somebody like a Deontay Thompson, then you're talking about sacrificing, if you can call it that. Let's just say somebody like, you know, probably not Josh Bellamy, uh, but let's just throw him in the conversation or Tanner Gentry or, you know, Victor Cruz, maybe. I mean, Victor Cruz has been getting third team reps. So, it, I, I think the the running back situation as a whole is, uh, you know, a little bit more flexible, but you look at the receivers. So, yeah, I'd say this is still a competition just because I'm curious how they're going to fit these guys in. But what I will say is special teams as a whole, at least on the surface through these first two games, has been vastly improved and very impressive. I think it almost kind of seems like the Bears are trying to go back to the days where they have a good defense and so not going to have as good of a defense or as good of a special teams unit as what they had. But it seems like they're trying to go more in that direction to be able to rely on, you know, good defense. Uh, you know, getting them off the field, giving the offense more time, and you know, hopefully with the special teams are going to be able to give them better field position. And that's something when you look at Mike Glennon, uh, you know, three out of the I think of five or six drives that he or the you know five or six drives that he had. I mean, they were starting at the thirty or better. And that's something that we didn't really see them do a lot last year. Uh, plus, the coverage unit's been really good. The punting—I mean, Pat O'Donnell averaged 50 yards a punt on the, the two or three punts that he had—and uh, Connor Bart's been really good. So I think that's another thing to get kind of excited about. It special teams is something a lot of people overlook, but I think that could help the Bears a lot. I mean, they were a three and sixteen or three, three and thirteen team last year, but they could have very easily, with a little bit of luck, been a five or six win team just based on you know even the injured. Team alone, but I mean, if you're talking this year with better talent and better special teams, you know, I think that could really help them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that special teams has looked outstanding through the first two games. Not a bunch of penalties like we've seen at, through the last couple of years. I, I really think that that's an area that Jeff Rogers has really improved. And like you said, a lot of people don't give it enough credit. And a few plays here and there, uh, you know, a, a missed tackle here and there, a good field position here and there, uh, can change the, the, the fortune of a lot of, uh, of NFL games. So that's very exciting as well. And we'll, we'll see how the return game uh Plays out, but I do think that Eddie Jackson has uh, sealed the punt return role. I also think that he had another play uh, in the end zone, knocking down a deep ball. Just what he's done since the uh, since he got out there and started playing in uh, uh, training camp, uh, you know, showing that center field ability. I think Eddie Jackson. uh, I think Kyle Fuller. Had a very good game. And Roy Robertson Harris uh, was, was a standout player, along with Jonathan Bullard, uh, my guy. Uh, you know, We're running short on time. Those are four guys. Uh, talk about them. What did you think about this defense last week?
2: I thought it was impressive. I, I thought that the, one of the best-case best, uh, best case scenarios for me going in it really happened, and that was with the defensive front. I mean, you look at, and I'll try to keep this quick, with Akeem Hicks, and you look at Mitch and Ryan, those are two guys that started on the line last year that didn't even play in the game. I mean, we're talking Akeem Hicks wasn't even in the game, and they got consistent pressure. I thought Jay Howard looked good at times. Uh, I thought Jonathan Bullard just looked like an absolute animal. Uh, Roy Robinson-Harris looked really good with the second and third teams. I mean, he had two sacks. He had a, a QB hit that ended up jarring you know, a, a, a pass to where it was incomplete. And he had a few good run stops. So I, I think... At least to me, and this is something I tweeted about the other day, I think Robertson Harris may have just won himself a job based on the fact that he's putting a pretty good amount of film these last two weeks. And I think this is something that the Bears have got to be very vigilant of because if they try to stick him on the practice squad, he's got enough right now to where teams could very easily see that and pick him off. So, yeah, I think uh, the defense as a whole, I mean, you look at it, and I think they've only given up, what, one touchdown? And what is it, like three quarters, something like that? They've looked really strong. Jarrell Freeman's been an absolute animal. Eddie Jackson, uh, I think their secondary has definitely been better. The one person I will say I was not impressed with is Marcus Cooper. I know that's somebody that you've talked about not really being that good. I have not been impressed uh, or was not impressed with him in all this last game, uh, and I hope that improves because if not, I, I think Kyle Fuller is somebody who, I, you know, if he makes the roster, I mean, he's still somebody who could start.
1: Well, and you talked about Roy Robertson Harris earning his roster spot last week, and I think Kyle Fuller, while his it wasn't as perilous, Uh, as Robertson Harris I think he solidified his roster spot last week too I think it's been so long we've been waiting for Kyle Fuller to to show something and he had a you know it wasn't like he came out there and 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 uh, lit the world on fire and had trouble pick sixes but he came out there and played well had a couple physical plays almost had that interception in the end zone the ball was barely tipped by the wide receiver otherwise that's an interception which potentially goes the other way so uh, I think at least Fuller came out and showed a little fire and showed a little the ability to man up and cover somebody, uh, particularly in the red zone. And if Mark, like you said, if Marcus Cooper isn't the guy and again, I haven't seen much. I mean, Marcus Cooper's been hurt for a while with a hamstring injury. Uh, and when he's been out there, he haven't, hasn't done a whole lot. And like you said, he didn't look great against the Cardinals either. So if Cooper can't get the job done, then hey, at least it's good that Kyle Fuller's showing something at this point. Uh, I'm I, a little concerned with the way that uh, Cravon LeBlanc uh, didn't look have his best game. B.W. Webb did did have a good game though, so uh, really interested to see how that Nickelback competition continues to play out over the next couple of weeks. I don't think that is set in stone at all. I do think Callahan is going to be the starter, but I do think there is a competition there. Webb had the had, uh, the late game interception there in week two, so uh, that, that definitely bumps him up on the chart, and uh, LeBlanc had uh, a couple of bad plays on defense, including a pass interference, which never uh, bodes well with the coaching staff, so a lot of stuff going on there on the defense but you you pointed out or or talked about just the, the amount of points that the defense has given up the first team which is hardly any and I think that's a great sign especially with the amount of injuries that they have right now I think we're now entering this third season with Vic Fangio they have the players that they want uh, have some veterans in there who know what they're doing, and some upside guys with Bullard, Leonard, Floyd. We talked about, and uh, you mentioned Jay Howard as well. He played, he played well too. So I think if you get a healthy uh, team Hicks out there, and you get that full that full group out there, maybe Danny Trevathan within the first month of the season, uh, you know, uh, there's some potential with this with this this uh, defense to carry the team. Uh, going forward. And then if you have a rushing attack that can be, you know, one of the top 10 rushing attacks in the NFL, then you have the potential for eight wins. I mean, I really think that you you really do have the potential for eight wins with this team. Uh, And if Mike Glennon or or Mark Sanchez or Mitch Trubisky, whoever it is under center, can be competent in any fashion and the Bears don't get hammered by injuries like they have the last couple of seasons, I really don't think that seven, eight wins is being ridiculous. A- am I wrong?
2: No, I I don't think you are at all, and I, I really think the one thing that's really hammered home in my head uh, throughout the preseason, watching them at training camp, the arrow is up with this team. The arrow is pointing directly up in the air, and I think they've they I think they're going to take a decent step this year. It may not show in the win column as you know ten wins or whatever it may be, but I, I completely agree. I mean, this team could accidentally win seven or eight games, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. So I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty optimistic, even as a fan looking at this, I I think that the depth, I mean, you talked about corner just now, I mean, you you mentioned guys that aren't even starting that could start, and that's something that they didn't have last year, and I think the depth and the overall talent is better I I just think the arrow's pointing up, I think things are finally starting to fall into place the biggest question, quarterback
1: Yep, and I agree, and you know uh, it, it's difficult because there, you know, the amount of money that Lennon's being paid, and just the the, the numerous factors that are going to be involved in every decision that's made uh, with this quarterback situation here. Not only over the next couple of weeks, but over the next couple of months. And that's really going to be the. I mean, we're going to be talking about that forever in these podcasts uh, throughout this season. It's not going to end, so uh, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, that's going to be the most important thing. One last thing, I just want to mention that I think the Bears are in really, really strong hands at the safety position. Uh, probably the best that they've been in ten years, I would say, um, because I do think that Quentin Demps is the type of player who's always around the ball. Is the type of player who's Uh, smart enough to get the defense lined up, be the leader on that back end, and he's going to make plays just because he is around the ball. That's how he got uh, six interceptions and a forced fumble last year, and I think when you throw in Eddie Jackson's playmaking ability alongside Demps, you have that stabilizing factor with Demps, and then you have the playmaking uh, potential, the upside with Eddie Jackson, particularly as a center fielder. I think the Bears are going to have a really good, solid safety tandem this year. I don't think most people enough people are talking about that this year, and I th- I'm really looking forward to that, along with Jonathan Bullard, along with Leonard Floyd, along with... Uh, Jarrell Freeman, potentially Prince of Mukamara. This defense it really has a lot of potential this year, guys, and I hope that uh, an eight-win season does happen. That's it. That's all we have for you. Uh, we are going to come back next week after the Bears face the Titans this Sunday at noon. It's like a, trying to like a, a warm up for the regular season, right? When, when is there ever a noon uh, preseason game?
2: Yeah, that is uh, and you know, you know who we're going to miss throughout this preseason game? Jake Cutler. Right. Man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was supposed to be the guy who was uh, gonna be covering this game, but he's obviously uh, preparing down there with Adam Dace as the uh, Miami Dolphins' uh, starting quarterback. Gonna be very fun to watch that from afar, but. Uh, Uh, That's it for this podcast, guys. Thanks for hanging out for the past 45 minutes with us. Be sure to follow Aaron on Twitter at AaronLemmingNFL. Give me a follow at BearReport. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, You can see all our content at BearReport.com as well as at Facebook. And you can talk to us every day at the BearReport.com message boards. That's it, guys. Have a great week.